0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Baker, Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Vince goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again!
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by... Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com
1: slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's
2: Craig Grielu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. So much to like. Where do you start? Cardinals all three phases clicking on Sunday in New York. Offense, defense, and special teams. Everyone with a hand in the 26-7 win over the New York Giants to snap a three-game losing streak. And if you're looking at the playoff picture, the Cardinals back in there. They are the seven seed headed into this week's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome to another edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And yes, B-Train, it is certainly nice to have a win to discuss here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report,
3: without question. And when you start talking about winning on the road on the East Coast, early game, all those different things, it definitely makes it that much sweeter to be able to put those things behind this team and, and move forward with the uh, the last three games of the season to to finish strong and and make sure that they position themselves to get into that extra play extra season, which is the playoffs.
2: And a road win now, MJ, this team 4-3 and three on the road. First time that they will secure at least a 500 record away from State Farm Stadium since 2015. That, I think, speaks a lot about this second year for head coach Cliff Kingsbury.
4: And I think, you know, B-Train hit on, you know, over the previous years, the Cardinals have struggled on the road. They were able to win some road games last year. Comes to mind Cincinnati against the, uh, the New York uh, Giants. And the fact is that, you know, this team was, uh, you know, they're kind of struggling a little bit offensively and defensively. And let's be honest, the Giants were playing for something. They are on a four-game winning streak. They just pulled off one of the bigger upsets in the NFL going to Seattle and beating the Seahawks, made them look average. So the Cardinals went in there, and I really like the way they set the tone in that first quarter with uh, Marcus Golden. Unfortunately, they didn't get the fourth and one and only had three points, but I thought that set the tone for the entire game.
2: Yeah, the former New York Giant, Marcus Golden, with the strip sack, almost had the scoop and score. B-Train would have absolutely gotten into the end zone. Golden, though, caught from behind. He probably heard it from his teammates when they review the film. But let's dive a little bit deeper into that, as well as the rest of the ball game. Before we do that, however, game balls handed out. Marcus Golden, before the cameras started rolling in the locker room, he received a game ball Four others as well. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury.
0: Five sets, a new Arizona Cardinals club record. Has- All right, nine catches for 136.
3: D-hop. All oh, 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 oh.
0: Man, Mike Nugent stepped in and went four for four and two oh, for three. Man, man. Last one. The whole defensive staff oh, and defense man. gets one. That's how you set the tone,
2: baby. How about that? The entire defensive staff led by defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. Certainly very deserving because you can say what you want about that Giants offense. But, hey, you have to go out and execute. Yeah, and they had a great game plan.
4: Like I said, I like the way they set the tone. I mean, Daniel Jones, according to Kingsbury in pregame warm-ups, he looked like he was moving very well. Obviously, you know, they don't regret the decision according to Joe Judge. But, yeah, I mean – uh, when you can, you know, and and just the defense has kind of been the silver lining for this team all year. I don't know if they get enough credit because we focus so much on the offense and what they're doing and they're scoring. But, yeah, you got to give Vance Joseph a lot of credit, give the coaches and the players. I mean, they, they had a good week of practice. They said there was a lot of energy. And, you know, the Giants, um, they were able to run the football on the Seahawks. They weren't able to run the football on the Cardinals. So I think it's a quality win. And this is what you
2: have to do in the month of December. The star of that defense on Sunday, Hassan Reddick. You heard the head coach. Five sacks setting a franchise record single game mark. Reddick after the ball game and why the team played so well at MetLife Stadium. Practice.
5: Practice was awesome. It was great this week.
2: Everybody going hard.
5: And you could just tell that we, we wanted it, we knew we needed it, and we knew it was time to lock in, put all the pieces
2: together and go out there and do it. B-Train, you say that repeatedly here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. How you practice is an indicator of how you play on Sunday. You put in the work Monday through Saturday so you can go out and have some fun on Sundays.
3: There's no question. And, and I think for this team, they they had a purpose. They had a lot of time to think about it, obviously with the long trip out to New York. And you don't want to go that far. And not play well, and I think for this team, knowing what was at stake, knowing that their playoff lives were at stake, they couldn't afford to get off to a slow start. And defense actually set a great tone right out of the gate, as Mike said, and, and they never let off the gas. They they kept it going all game long. Very proud of Hassan Reddick, the way he's prepared all season, uh, including the off season, and and he was ready for his moment. And and you can't, I couldn't be happier for a guy that that has worked so hard and and deserved that success and uh it's just good to see him getting his moment right now
2: there was a lot of noise heading into that contest b-tran and some noise over the past couple of weeks around this three-game losing streak players they say they don't hear it coaches say they don't read they don't watch but the bottom line if you're not reading and watching you do have friends and family members that hear it and you might be getting it from their end
3: Yeah, and I think for for these players, they know internally. They work so hard each and every week, and this is the bottom line business. It's not about if you just go out there and and put on a good show, then things are going to be okay. No, you actually have to win more than you lose in order to maintain your job. So when you go on a losing streak like that, of course it's going to wear on you. Yeah, you may not hear it from the outside, but you definitely feel it on the inside because you know yourself what those losses mean, and when they start to pile up, how that could – hurt your chances of of playing extra football so they didn't need any outside motivation they knew if they wanted to continue this season and 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 reach some of the goals that they set at the beginning they had to turn this around and and I think collectively the the team and the coaching staff all had that that singular mindset and they went out and they executed so uh, kudos to them
2: I'll be honest, after losses to the Seahawks, Patriots, and Rams, I wasn't exactly sure what to see or what to expect out of this Cardinals team. Yet Kyler Murray, after the ball game, mentioned that he had a good feeling about what what was going to happen on Sunday because of what had happened earlier in the day.
6: Yesterday at the hotel, um, the vibe was was different, Uh, more free. Everybody uh, just relaxing and having fun, honestly. Not putting any pressure on anybody. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun when you're winning. I mean, that's—I think that's the—that's uh, what it comes down to.
2: Winning cures a lot, MJ, and it certainly sounded like as much pressure as maybe there was from the outside. These players did not feel that same pressure, and obviously, with the win, uh, if there was any, or whatever weight was on their shoulders certainly has been lifted.
4: But it goes back to the, the week of practice. I mean, clearly they weren't happy. They they knew that they, you know, were out of the playoff picture, and, and now, you know, they're the seven seed. So just look in the mirror. I mean, look in the mirror and say, Am I doing everything I can? Uh, so I think it's self evaluation, but it starts in practice and it sounds like it was spirit of practice and there was energy out there and um, you know again they go on the road and that team won four in a row so you know now it's a matter of stacking wins you know what I mean this, this is great um, but also that you got a lot more in front of you if you want to make the postseason.
2: Speaking of that week in practice, we heard from a number of players after the ball game on Sunday singling out one player in particular that got the team ready for that game at New York. Here again is the quarterback, Kyler Murray.
6: Just like a look in the mirror type of deal. Um, you know, we know what we can be, but talk is talk. Uh, at this point, man, we we got to go out there and execute. Because I mean, every game uh, for the rest of the season matters for us. Um, you know, we know what we're striving for, um, but it, it's week to week, day by day, man. We just gotta, um, you know, keep grinding, work hard, practice hard, and um, you know, translate it. And, you know, move that to the game.
2: It was Buda Baker who stepped in front of his teammates' B-train and gave that look-in-the-mirror type speech, as Murray described. And we know Buda Baker, he is not a rah-rah guy, so it probably meant a little bit more to hear him speak as opposed to maybe someone else.
3: Anytime your best players speak, everybody's going to listen. He's like the E.F. Hutton for the Arizona Cardinals. He's earned the right to be able to speak in front of the players you know he is going to give you everything he's got when he steps on the field, so and you couple that with the fact that he doesn't normally say a whole lot, that means that it really meant something for him to say that, and he saw the opportunity to step up as a leader and and, and reassert uh, his role on the team, and I think at times, it's necessary. You don't always have to be that guy that, that says a lot, but when your actions speak and then you actually back that up, then that means your words are going to carry that much more weight, so he went out and he's performed and now he's he's gathered all of that that cloud if you will in the locker room and and when he talks people are most definitely going to listen and, and and respond to what he says.
4: You know, there was a lot of negativity last Monday after the loss to the Rams and and I understand because you know there was three games in a row where they were rushing that much defense you, you, everyone thought that the you know the, the book was out the blueprint was out on Kyler Murray and and there was a lot of negativity, you know, is this going to work? What's the future look like? And I'm like, okay, they're only in their second year. Both Cliff and Kyler are still learning. I mean... The team had three wins last year at this time. They got seven wins. Yes, I mean, you don't want to go on any kind of losing streak. So they blocked out the noise, and, and and again, you got to stack wins here because that's what we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks.
2: Yeah, what you did on Sunday doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot if you don't follow it up with another productive performance. This coming Sunday when they host the Philadelphia Eagles on Uh, Sunday December 20th is the date 205 is the kickoff more on that matchup in a moment but stacking wins something the head coach talked about earlier
0: nothing beats winning that's a good team that had won four in a row they were playing for first place they had everything to play for as well so to come in here and, and do it in that fashion I believe will build confidence moving forward I think our guys understand that we have a talented team we just have to find a way to put one together
2: December football, B. Train. We've talked about it. There is just something different about when games are played in the month of December. They become a little bit harder. And was Sunday perfect? Hardly. But there was a lot to like from what happened on Sunday that you hope now transitions or translates into wins over these final three games.
3: Separation month. This is the month where teams start to distance themselves from the the pretenders and and the people that that are locked in and, and have. Postseason aspirations—they're the ones that are that are you know gearing up and, and getting ready to, to make that run. And the Cardinals had a great first in doing that this past Sunday, so they understand what's ahead of them. They know the challenge that's before them, and there's no need to talk about. I just got to go out and do it, and to get that first win, I thought that was a great step. And now, as you said, they've got to back that up with with a couple more wins to secure themselves a spot in this this postseason. And I think this one's going to mean a little bit more. Craig and Mike because of the fact that 2020 has been such a crazy year and there's been so many variables and things to have to overcome to to get into that tournament this year I think is going to speak volumes from this team considering where they were just a year ago.
4: Yeah, and there's nothing like the present time. I mean, listen to Wolfley during the game and after the game and, you know, during the week. He, he thought that was the Cardinals' best game of the season. Now, again, it wasn't perfect, but it was complimentary football. Special teams stood up. Defense set the tone. He often scored points when they needed to. So you can build on that. Nobody's going to remember about November and a, a losing streak if you get through the postseason. So uh, this is what you want. Right now is the time you want to be uh, hitting the throttle and you want to be peaking going into the postseason.
2: Well, what did we talk about at the start of this show, the start of this segment, when we heard Kingsbury give out his game balls? You heard from offense and DeAndre Hopkins. You heard from defense, obviously, Marcus Golden and Hassan Reddick, and then special teams, Mike Nugent, who got the call on Saturday that he was being elevated from the practice squad because Zane Gonzalez was dealing with a back injury. No, it wasn't perfect, as I said, but to Wolf's point, and you brought it up, MJ, maybe the most complete win as far as all three phases contributing in a victory that really wasn't close from the the halftime on.
4: Yeah, I mean, to
2: me, from start
4: to finish, they controlled that game. They wanted the line of scrimmage. They forced, uh, you know, Daniel Jones to uh, basically one-dimensional. They couldn't run the football. Um, They didn't throw for a lot of yards. I mean, so... Yeah, it, it, again, I don't know if you're ever going to have a perfect game because the other team gets paid too, but they definitely had the hammer in that game.
2: Cardinals led 3-0 after the first quarter. It was 13-0 at halftime, and they win 26-7. to Certainly a dominating performance, and specifically dominating by the defense led by Hassan Reddick. We will touch on his day on Sunday at Historic Day. And Bertrand Berry. Had a hand in that day. We'll explain on the other side. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Cardinals 7 and 6, back above 500, 4 and 3 on the road. Their next two games at State Farm Stadium, the Eagles and 49ers. But we are still talking about what we saw on Sunday at New York. Hassan Reddick's huge day. Coming up next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Three-step drop in trouble is Jones. And he bubbles the ball. It's poked out when he recovers it. Hassan Reddick with the sack and the script. Short set. Pressure coming. Jones is sacked by Hassan Reddick. Yeah, Hassan Reddick coming off the edge right there. Jones back to throw, hit and sacked inside the 5-yard line. He fumbled the ball. It's recovered by the Giants. Reddick and Golden were both back there again. Pressure coming and guess who's got him? Hassan Reddick with his fourth sack. Oh my goodness, he did it again. McCoy back to throw pressure coming. Sacked by Reddick and he forced a fumble. That's his fifth sack of the day. Man, Hassan Reddick has owned the New York
2: Giants here today. Three of Reddick's five sacks came in the fourth quarter and three strip sacks as well as he forced three fumbles. Have a day, have a career in one day hassan reddick as he and the defense shut down daniel jones and the giants sunday afternoon 26 to 7 as we welcome you back here to the cardinals red sea report craig Riolu, mike and bertram berry talking specifically here b train about hassan reddick four sacks is rarefied air in fact you did it back in 2004 chandler jones has done it twice curtis greer had the single-game franchise record with four-and-a-half sacks in 1983. But five, that's a whole different ballgame.
3: That is a definitely a whole different ballgame. And, again, I'm so happy for Hassan and the work that he's put in, a guy that a lot of people were down on and, and not quite sure what his future was going to be in the NFL, most, particularly with the Arizona Cardinals. But he found a way to find a niche, and, and once he was put in a position where he could really excel, He took full advantage of it, and and you've seen him all year step up and make plays, and and when a guy gives you that type of effort and that type of tenacity and and, and has that type of of patience and stick-to-itiveness, you you can't help but root for him, and and all the good things that are coming his way, he totally deserves them, and it's just a testament to hard work and and perseverance, and and, uh, he's been the, the most recent and best example of that that I can remember.
2: And b and that hard work began in the offseason. You had a chance to work with Redick this off season.
3: I did. I did. I worked with him a little bit. We talked about it. And, and of course, there was a, a little bit of, of unsure if this was going to be something that worked. But I think once he was able to let his guard down, he was definitely a guy that, that was a sponge. He soaked up everything I tried to give him. And I'm not going to take credit for his success. All of that goes to Hassan because he's the one that was on the field. He made the plays. He put in the work. He made the effort. I was just happy, I was just happy to to help him out just a little bit and and kind of give him a little bit of direction. But uh, uh, what you saw on the field is is what he's been capable of all along. And, and he was given the opportunity to to be in a position to just go get the quarterback and 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 use his athleticism. And and there you have it. I, I again, I, I'm, I'm over the moon for him. And and really. I told him, this is only the beginning. You've got three more games. I need at least four or five more sacks so we can really make this an outstanding season.
4: Yeah, ten sacks now with three games to go. Obviously, you know, he went back and watched some film with his coaches. He hadn't had sacked since week seven. All right, B-Train, we know he can rush the passer, and we know undersides, but he plays with a lot of energy. So what are some of the things that, you know, him going back to his natural position that he had to hone on his skills?
3: The one thing that he needed to do was be able to go forward first and foremost where he didn't have to think about so much on the field. When you are a guy that's used to only seeing so much like he did when he was at Temple, he, you, got, you, you become accustomed to that. You start anticipating certain things based off of, of what you've seen, but when you are put in a different position and you have to change your eyes and change your vision, that can alter your productivity because now you're having to process a little bit more information. And, and sometimes when guys have to process more information, it slows them down. And the one thing that Hassan has to his advantage uh, is his speed and his quickness. And, and the more he had to think, the, the less he was able to use that speed. And now he's in a position where he can use all of his God-given abilities. And you're seeing a, a young man flourish right before our eyes.
2: Now, I need to correct myself. I had said three sacks in the fourth quarter. He had four sacks in the fourth quarter, including two on that final drive. And he is the first player this season to have five sacks in a single game. In fact, Reddick and Aaron Donald, the only players with at least four sacks in a game this season. Reddick, though, refusing to take all of the credits. He mentions his coaches and his teammates in this soundbite from the NFL Network. Listen to my coaches, they definitely played
5: a big part, and my teammates, man. The energy was there after they kept racking up. They just kept building me
2: up, building me up, telling me to go get more. And he did. Each and every time they were saying, let's go, let's get another one. And then I love this part because at the end of the ball game, Fox cameras caught Hassan Reddick on bended knee, tears coming down his face, and then a nice embrace from the general manager, Steve Kime. We know what Redick has gone through. He talked about that moment after the ball game.
5: You know, I, I cried at the end of the game, um, filled with joy, you know, felt, felt blessed. Every This whole year has just been important to me, and to see things going the way that I want them to go, and to see today happen is uh, it's just amazing. So, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it.
2: And we've chronicled Reddick's career, MJ, and he is a player because of the work that he puts in that you root for. And it's finally coming to fruition here this season, not just on Sunday, but all year long. But it really came to a head Sunday in New York.
4: Yeah, I mean, you and I got a chance to talk to him when the locker room was open, whether it was on and off the record. He never complained. He never said, why me? He, he accepted it. And, you know, obviously, as B-Train pointed out, when you're thinking, you can't react. And. You know, give Jordan Hicks a lot of credit, and I thought you know him missed time in camp, um, kind of put him behind the eight ball. But this should have happened, and this is what happens when you have three coordinators in three years, and they all have an idea. And I get that, but and sometimes teams want to play a three-four and a four-three, so it's a little bit different. But give him the credit um, because he didn't complain; he was a teammate. Um, and he and now he's flourished. And yes, it's five years, but you know you got to be in position to make plays. And that's what coaches' jobs are: is put players in position where they can make plays. And give Van Jones a lot of co- uh, credit, and Charlie Bolin, the the outside linebackers coach, because those are the ones that watched film with him. And then Brinson Buckner. So yeah, it, again, um, you got to give him a lot of credit because there were times we probably thought this isn't going to work out here, and I need a, a new fresh start. You know, a change of scenery would probably be a good thing. And And I don't know, I can't speak for him, but I don't know if he feels the same way now.
2: Five sacks, three forced fumbles, six quarterback hits, five tackles, two tackles for loss. He did it all in 47 snaps. A great performance. Here's his teammate, Marcus Golden. Wednesday when we got back together he came in and said he's going to get after the quarterback this week
3: and uh the way the look he had in his eyes this week rushing all week I knew he was going to have a big one and then, I didn't know if it was going to be that big but it was it was it was a huge huge game for him I got a lot of respect for how son. he been putting in work I've been with him I was with him his rookie year so he's been putting in a lot of work to get to this moment I got a lot of respect and I'm, I'm super happy for him.
2: B-Train you ever have one of those weeks where the days leading up to game time you just kind of felt that for whatever reason you were going to have a good game?
3: Yes, I did, and a lot of that is is through preparation, and and it doesn't just happen on game day. You have to put in the work leading up to that, and and as everybody has attested to, when you have those type of weeks and you're locked in and you're focused and you you do everything that you need to do, things are generally going to happen, and and that's really a a lesson to all professional athletes in in college, high school, or even all the way down to Pee Wee. If you put in the work and you you put in the preparation, the – The game day is just a byproduct of of all of that work. And so uh, for Hassan, he he knew he was going to have a week because he felt it all week long. And and now I want him to bottle that up and make sure he brings that back out this week and and the remaining week so that he can go out and, and continue to perform the way that he did this past Sunday.
2: The last player to have at least five sacks and three forced fumbles in a single game, Green Bay's Vonnie Holiday, back in 2002. And here is Redick, who had not had a sack or a quarterback hit in the previous five games. Head coach, Cliff Kingsbury.
0: He just continues to get better and better. Uh, You know, we tried to make him a stand-up linebacker for the past three years, and it just wasn't his deal. It's not what he was phenomenal at in college, and he's getting more and more comfortable back to that outside rush. And so a guy like that who stuck with it, who didn't let the noise get him down, didn't let any sort of frustration get him down, and just kept working, and now, you know, has a game like that, you couldn't be happy for him, and, you know, he'll keep progressing.
2: Now the five sacks, part of a team-best eight-sack performance Dennis Gardeck had two sacks, B-Tran, and I want you to talk about what Gardeck is doing because he doesn't see a lot of time on defense. In fact, he's only played 69 snaps on defense this season, yet he has five sacks. That's almost one sack every 14 defensive snaps. He is making the most out of his time on the football field.
3: And again, you you talk about a guy that that is taking advantage of each and every opportunity given him. That, That... those are the guys that you root for. He's a guy that that works, shows up to work early, and and leaves late, and and does everything the coaching staff ask him to do, and and is always full of that energy and that positive, that positive energy. And, and when you have that, good things are going to happen for guys like that. And and I think he's been undersold as far as a pass rusher because every time he's gotten an opportunity to get in there, he he has made the most of it, and and that's what you want from a guy that that comes from a small school. You you just want him to show that he belongs, and and you you want him to get a a, a few plays that that go his way so he can get that confidence. And once he got that confidence built up, it was just a matter of him continuing to to work and and do the things that he needed to do. And and I think Coach Joseph is going to have to find a place for him in some of his packages because he's just been too productive to leave him off the field.
4: Yeah, and you know with all three of those guys, they all bring energy. Gardick, Hassan and he's throwing golden. And it's contagious because there's no fans. You've got to create your own energy. And by doing what they did, that creates energy for the offense. They feel like i got to go out there and score points because they're doing their job. So all three of those guys may be undersized, but uh, you're not going to question their effort. You're not going to question their energy
2: and how they tackle in the open field. Overall, the Cardinals defense at season best in points, total net yards, first downs, yards per game, or yards per play allowed giants held to just 159 yards 58 yards in the first half so a dominating performance by the defense we've hit halftime here on the cardinals red sea report when we come back the offense looked a lot better than what we had seen the previous three weeks we'll touch on that next here on the arizona cardinals radio network
1: Third and goal on the seven. Three receivers right. Hopkins in one-on-one coverage. Wide to the left. Snap to Murray. Backing up in trouble. Throws it back in the end zone. Arnold jumps up into the air and catches it for a touchdown. There are four Giants in the area. It looked like Murray might be just throwing that ball away. But Arnold up into the air. Grabbed it for a touchdown. When pigs fly, baby. (laughs) Throw the pig into the air against a blitz. By the Giants, Dan Arnold in the back of the end zone, and Kyler Murray just flicked the pig into the air, and it flew and came down in the arms of Dan Arnold.
2: Kyler Murray pressured by, I think, two or three different Giant defenders, and then Dan Arnold out jumping in the sea of about four Giant defenders in the back of the end zone for the touchdown Made it 13 to nothing. Cardinals go on to win 26 to 7, a victory over the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. That was one of the two catches that Dan Arnold had on the afternoon. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rayalu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry talking a little bit about the offense. Now, it certainly, to my eyes, B Train looked difference I don't know if it was a lot different but it did look different and maybe we were looking for something different and that's why things stood out like Kyler Murray under center and DeAndre Hopkins being targeted and being moved around the field did you notice anything that you had not seen a lot of over the previous three games when this offense was well stalled for the lack of a better term
3: well the one thing that I saw I saw Kyler Murray actually running with the football that's something that we hadn't seen since Seattle when he injured that that shoulder and of course, he had been saying that the shoulder was fine, but you, you didn't really know because it wasn't really part of the game plan the last couple of games. Well, you saw him actually running with the football and being aggressive in running with the football, not just when he felt like he had no other choice. I think that there were a few cases where he had the options to actually run with the football and he took it. So uh, that was good. It was also good to see Larry Fitzgerald back. We hadn't seen him the previous two games. So. Uh, just the fact that this team looks so determined to run the football, it was something that I hadn't really uh, seen the last couple of weeks, and I think when they don't run the ball effectively, it hurts the rest of this offense. And to have a, a Dan Arnold sighting and, and to see the athleticism of a young man, I, I was really impressed with how high he got up. He looked like DeAndre Hopkins against the Buffalo Bills, for goodness sake. I mean, he was he was playing above the rim on that particular play. So it's good to see lots of guys contributing and, and, and really – adding to this offense, and I think it all starts with with Kyler Murray looking more like the guy that was up for MVP consideration during the first half of the season.
4: Yeah, and good things happen when you target DeAndre Hopkins. Stating the obvious, but uh, as you pointed out, I noticed in the game before against the Rams, he did line up in the slot. He was he got lined up in the slot. They moved him around, and that was his first time uh, surpassing 100 yards since the uh, Murray catch against the Buffalo Bills. So, um, you look at the targets, 11 targets, as you mentioned, nine catches for 136 yards. Uh, Darren Arnold's a weapon. Uh, you know he's got to get stronger, and, and you know um, once he starts to figure out the defense, and you could see. He, there's a trust factor between him and Kyler Murray and we all know the story when he showed up and he was running the scout team uh, it just turned a lot of eyes you don't really hear about that when a guy's on the practice squad so um, but you just look at you know Murray stepping up in the pocket you know rolling out trying to buy some time so I did see uh, uh, you know some changes there and You know, I thought he did a good job when it came to rolling out, and and I like the fact that, you know, he was able to step up in the pocket and make those easy throws to tight ends or over the middle of the field. It seems like some of the balls have been batted down, and he doesn't have the passing lanes, but here... Uh, the offensive line did a great job protecting him. I think he was what sacked one time. Correct. Yeah. So, and not a lot of pressures, not a lot of quarterback hits. So, when he has that horseshoe in front of him where protection is, he can make throws in the middle of the field. And I think you know, over those three game losing streak, they weren't throwing the ball in the middle of the field.
2: Well, to your point about Murray' ability to extend play, something Dan Arnold touched on after the ball game.
0: I tell Kyler every day in practice, you know, if you're going to throw it in the end zone, just go up and throw it where you know only I can get it. I'm just happy he got that one off, and uh, it it worked out in the end, and I'm really impressed with how he can extend plays and uh, be able to make guys miss and still get the ball off is, is some of the most impressive things I've ever seen.
2: Arnold showing why he has become a target using every inch of his six-foot-six-inch frame. And then, of course, his jumping ability. Keep in mind, Andy Isabella inactive for that ball game. Larry Fitzgerald returned, and the decision was to make Keyshawn Johnson active because, in the words of head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Johnson had been playing at a high level. Of course DeAndre Hopkins certainly playing at a high level with his 136 yards, the sixth one hundred yard game of the season for him. We've touched on a lot of different things. Well let's hear from the quarterback Kyler Murray on the offense against the Giants.
6: That's a good uh, good front, good defense. Um you know for us it was it was more about just executing. It's NFL, you know, everything's not even perfect. Uh we started slow. You know we moved the ball, uh flip field position, but we didn't end up you know scoring or whatever. There's still a lot out there, I feel like, so uh, it was. it's uh, it's good to win.
2: You hear that word a lot, B-Train, execution. Just execute what you're supposed to do, and to Murray's point, that was and still is a very good Giants defense. In fact, they're winning because of their defense and getting back into the mix as far as the NFC East is concerned.
3: That you have success in the NFL, it's, it's a good thing, and, and even though a, a defense may or may not be struggling, those are still some of the best Players in the world that you're competing against, so you always have to just take those victories and, and run with them. Because no matter what their record says, those are still very capable players out there. And, and I think for this offense, they just needed to to get that ball in the end zone, get that 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 touchdown, get that good feeling about themselves. And then once they were able to get that, then you saw this this offense collectively kind of have a sigh of relief and 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 play a little easier and 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 the throws seemed a little more crisp and guys seemed to, to make more efforts to catch the ball and and everything just looked better once they got that first score because uh, a lot of times when, when you have that struggle like they did in that first drive and they didn't get that score you you kind of wonder is the confidence shaken? well no the confidence wasn't shaken at all and and uh, to the tune of 26 points for the game and, and a, a much needed win on the road
4: Yeah, and the Cardinals were getting positive yards on first and second down. And, you know, at some point in the game, they were like 43%. They finished 7 of 18 for 39%. The Giants were only 3 for 12. Cardinals had 22 first downs. Now, if we want to nitpick, red zone efficiency, 2 for 7. And that's why you had Mike Nugent make four different field goals from 34, 37, 34, and 30. But, again, when you get in the red zone against some of these better teams, you have to score points.
2: And take advantage when the defense sets you up in your opponent territory. Four times the Cardinals began on the New York side of the field, and they only had one touchdown of those four times on those drives. And, yes, though there is things to work on, but some positives to build on, according to the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury.
0: You know, we protected the ball well. I had to get out a couple of times on uh, some runs. But uh, for the most part, we're efficient, ran the ball. when um, We had to. It's a good, good defense. I thought Kyler made plays with his feet. D-Hop obviously had his deal, but I thought at critical times, particularly that drive to start the second half, was big time. And we still know there's a lot of room for improvement, but I thought there were some positives there.
4: We talk about D.J. Humphreys and how he continues to get better, and he's probably not even peaking. And The main thing is he's staying healthy, and he's bought into what they're doing. I mean, he continues to dominate. He had an 83.6 grade against the Giants. He's played more uh, snaps than any other lineman in the NFL at left tackle 926. I mean, he's he should be in the Pro Bowl this year the way he's playing. But you look at Sweezy and Pew and Lamont Gilliard and Kelvin Beecham, they all graded out over 70 when it came to pass protection. Uh, Mason Cole struggled a little bit, allowing four pressures and 36 uh, blocks or snaps. But. Again, they're, they're mixing and matching, but that was a, definitely a get-back game for the offensive line.
2: Kingsbury on Monday asked about the offense, said they stayed on schedule, and that's been a big phrase for Kingsbury since he arrived, but he's absolutely correct. I counted eight negative plays, including the one sack of Murray, and the offense ran 79 total plays, and Beach ran only two penalties by the offense, and that has been something that has plagued this offense this season.
3: It just looked like a team that was locked in. And when you're locked in and you understand the magnitude of the game, you're going to, you're going to be focused. And I think that's the, the one word that I can use to describe this team as a whole. They were focused. They had a good week of preparation. They were determined to go out there and execute the game plan, as we talked about. That's that other key phrase, execute. And when you are focused and you execute good things are generally going to happen for you and understanding that they, they really needed this win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Sometimes you need that extra motivation and for this team, whatever it takes to, to have gotten that win on Sunday, I was willing to go with it. I'll take it and run with it. And, and I think for those guys, they understand now that the last three games of the season, they're going to need that same energy to the week of preparation, as well as uh, to, to game day. If they, come with that same mentality. These last three games, and I think there's no question, this team will be playing extra football in January.
2: All comes back to the running game, though. And, yes, Kyler Murray needs to run or at least show the ability to run in order for this offense to be successful here in 2020. But Kenyon Drake, 80 yards rushing and a touchdown. Chase Edmonds, 32 yards rushing. He averages almost five yards every time he touched the football.
4: Well, how about 43 rushes for 159 yards? And, you know, you look at 3.7, but it was when the rushing came... Where- allowed the uh to take some shots down the field. They they did have
2: some splash plays in this game also. And that was against the league's fourth ranked rush defense. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. When we come back, we'll look ahead. Week 15 and a date with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. This could be the
1: game. Fourth down and one. Handoff. off Hightower running right, gets to the outside, and he's got the first down at the 45, and pushed out of bounds. Throws a slant to Fitz, caught at the 30, inside the 25, and down at the 23. It's a game of about 18 and a first down for the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald is literally trying to will this team to victory right now. Pumps right, throws back to the left, Hightower caught at the 10, cuts left to the 5, Hightower to the goal line, and in! take the lead with 253 to go picked up by Dockett. Dockett inside the 10 that's it the cardinals have shot the world straight but true the cards have done it they're going to super bowl 43.
2: i remember the moment very very well Although I was sitting in the press box watching, Bertrand Berry was actually on the field playing in that 2008 NFC Championship game. Cardinals beat the Eagles 32-25. to I can picture Bertrand Berry holding that NFC Championship trophy right now as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. B-Train, don't want to put you on the spot, but best moment of your professional career?
3: no doubt that and 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 being introduced as a starter for in the Pro Bowl uh, those were two the two moments that stick out for me uh, one for individual purposes but obviously this is a team game so yes the the holding that trophy and and having Mr. Bidwill give it to me to take around the stadium was was definitely an honor and, and a moment I will never ever forget
2: well the eagles coming back to state farm stadium this sunday 205 is the kickoff 9 30 a.m pregame no fans at least the general public will not be allowed not only this sunday but the following saturday against the 49ers but uh, the cardinals mj have won four straight at home against the eagles
4: yeah we just can't overlook that moment though
2: Curt. i don't know i'm just but, I understand. you know we were watching
4: Yeah, I I was actually on the field and I'm looking in the crowd and there were actually grown men crying and never thought they would see it. And Larry, what, nine catches, 152 yards, three touchdowns? Uh, Yes. Um, But, you know, if you want to talk about the Eagles, I mean, they made a switch at quarterback with Jalen Hurts and it looks like he was very efficient. Uh, He did have a fumble late in the game, but they got off to a good start. They ran the ball, and that's a really good team in the the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, we'll see if the Cardinals can continue that winning streak at home. They've had some really good matches matchups over the years.
2: Yeah, the Eagles after beating the Saints are 4-8-1. and With Jalen Hurts under center, it's going to be a different looking offense than with Carson Wentz quarterbacking the Eagles. All comes back to the defense though. Hassan Reddick, after what the Cardinals did to the Giants, can they improve upon that? He was asked that on the NFL Network. I believe
5: it's another level. We prepare hard this week. Got to keep doing it towards the end of the season. Make that push that we're trying to make sure we get in. And as long as we keep doing what we're doing, I believe we can achieve
4: now, every team has injuries, uh, but they have another injury now, so they will start their 13th different offensive line combination in 14 games against the Cardinals. Only Jason Kelsey is the only lineman to start all 13 games to this point.
2: Yeah, their right tackle, Jack Driscoll, an MCL sprain. They are also without their starting safety, Rodney McLeod and Avante Maddox, their starting corner, won't play this week because of a knee injury. Their other starting corner, Darius Slay, is in concussion protocol, so they are certainly banged up. But with Jalen Hurts now be trained as the quarterback, there's not much tape with him. You might even have to go back to his time at Oklahoma, maybe even Alabama, to kind of get a better feel of what he's able to do.
3: The thing that I saw when I saw him play that game this past week was he was very decisive in what he wanted to do. He didn't waste a lot of time. And I think for that offense, they appreciated that because I think with Carson Wentz, he was taking a lot of time, and 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 the plays uh, took longer, and, and it gave the defense more opportunities to 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 make plays on Carson Wentz, whether it's sacks or interception and things of that nature. And, and the thing with Jalen, he's much more mobile at this point than than Carson Wentz was, and and the fact that uh, he makes those quick decisions, I, I think you're going to have to. Change the way you pass rush a little bit in reference to Jalen Hurts, but you, you still have to, to be aggressive and going after a rookie and, and making sure that he gets as many looks as he possibly can and, and, and try to confuse him. Because as good as he looked, uh, there's gonna it's gonna come down to him having to deliver the ball down the field, and I don't believe that he is a polished enough quarterback to do that consistently in order to carry the Philadelphia Eagles and we certainly want to make sure he doesn't do that against us
2: he finished with a double triple 167 yards passing and one touchdown 106 yards rushing against the number one defense in the New Orleans Saints and you get also running back Miles Sanders who has missed time because of an injury this season but he had over 100 yards against that Saints defense Looking at the Eagles' defense overall, MJ, they are very solid, but a lot of the spotlight this week is going to be on Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray as far as Oklahoma quarterbacks facing one another.
4: Yeah, but uh, but also, though, you know, the look at Jim Schwartz. I mean, they play physical. They got some guys, you know, Fletcher Cox. I mean, they, they attack the ball. Um, Again, they got some injuries there, but they're going to play physical at the point of attack, and that's where the offensive line is going to have to protect there. But, you know, Sanders had an 80-yard touchdown run. They they ran for 173 yards in the first half. Yeah, and that's – And they were pedestrian in the second half. They only had 54 yards in the third quarter and 57 yards. But give them credit – Uh, They beat a good Saints team uh, at home.
2: B-Train, on paper, this is a game the Cardinals should win, and you can argue maybe need to win and should win to maintain their playoff position. So a lot of it's going to be focused on just themselves doing what they need to do.
3: Without question, and and, and the thing that this team has to do is just make sure that they don't get too caught up in in looking ahead. You just focus in on on Jalen Hurts and, and this Philadelphia Eagles defense. This team, they, they're going to have a little bit of confidence coming in into State Farm Stadium, but they've got to make sure that they jump on this team early, not give them any confidence, not give them any momentum at the beginning of the game, and then you'll start to see them fold and, and start to fall apart a little bit, and you'll start to see the inexperience and the youth uh, really uh, show its head, and, and then that's when I think the Cardinals can really take advantage.
2: Eagles just two seasons removed from winning the Super Bowl, and yet here they are, 4-8-1, and, and, yeah, technically still alive for the NFC East title. Of course, it would take a win this Sunday against the Cardinals for them to really maintain that spot. The Cardinals need to maintain their own position in the NFC playoff picture right now currently the 7th seed. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omahundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. Again, Cardinals and Eagles, 205 is the kickoff at State Farm Stadium. 9 30, the pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network, and we will discuss it in one week's time right here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. For Bertrand Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Arizona Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
3: You've been
5: listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Middle of the field to the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby.
3: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app.
1: Touchdown. Cardinals win.
3: This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. (laughs)